Diary of a Pandemic is a podcast and personal development community that lives at the intersection of three suppositions. The first is that there's a global pandemic happening as we speak that is reorganizing a lot about what we expect from the world. The second is that unconditional freedom is freedom in all conditions. The third is that the play between the first two is bound to create whole new possibilities for how we human. These are the daily chronicles of two transformational coaches as we pursue the path to unconditional freedom in the context of unprecedented times. I'm Kianga Ford. And I'm Rachel Paz. And together we'll explore both what new paradigms and possibilities are emerging in the world and what new desires and gifts are being germinated within us. Each day we'll answer the same six questions focused on who and how we want to be as we venture through whatever new life circumstances the Rona brings. We will meet those with full responsibility for what this moment wants to teach us about how to get free. Welcome to Diary of a Pandemic. Hello there. Hey, how's it going today? It's going great. It's a lazy Saturday morning. Yeah, it's a lazy Saturday morning here too, which I understand for other people that live in my time zone is already an afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Same, same. I am pretty much just getting here. (laughs) So like, hey, hey, what's happening? (laughs) I listened to the sound meditation last night that knocked me out early early it was like 11 30 and I was like oh I'm just gonna ride this wave and sleep and hopefully it'll be the reset I need to wake up early in the morning but instead I just literally slept for 12 consecutive hours <laughs> you know given what you've been going through in the sleep land I would say that that was probably much deserved and needed <laughs> Oh, great. But I'm still a little like groggy. Like, you know, I came out kind of late and needed to <clears throat> let my dog out. And my hosts were, you know, already deep into like late breakfast and life. And I was like, oh, I'm so not quite ready for that level of engagement. Uh-huh. You know, it's interesting. I've found that, you know, given all the time that I'm spending with these other humans in my household, that like, the nighttime hours have become much more sort of cherished for me. And so I'm finding myself staying up later and later because I'm like, oh, but it's quiet and I'm by myself and I get to like be at choice with how I spend my time and my energy. And there's no other, there's nothing else interfering or competing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what that's definitely doing on the back end though is creating like a little bit rougher, like start to the day where I'm like, okay, because I'm still trying to start my day before everybody else is too. (laughs) And I'm like, oh yeah, not enough sleep. That's not quite right. And then like I start peopling and I'm just like, wait, no, I need a little more space. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I usually enjoy that time on the front end of the day, which does not happen when you wake up after 11 (laughs) a.m. Right. Right. It takes me actually several hours to go through my own processes and meditations and check-ins and be ready to engage other people. But if you wake up, well, when I wake up at 11 o'clock, my dog is ready to go out. Things are like needing attention. And so I just kind of like stumbled out and I'm still having a bit of like, um, tummy recovery and my stomach is like what are you doing (laughs) not time we're not ready yet the talking the engagement all that too soon too soon Mm -hmm. 
It's a real thing. Yeah. Well, I'm very, very interested to see what happens with this, uh, the continued schedule. I now laugh at the Saturday morning um, pound like aerobics class that I've been watching to take because I cannot just wake up and start like hitting sticks together and beating <laughs> the floor and jumping around. And even though I want to do it now that like 1030 is like 630 for me, <laughs> it can't happen. It just not can't happen. doing it. <laughs> There's no replay, so let's see if I get to a life reset anytime soon. Uh huh. Uh huh. This is a really aggressive start to the day. <laughs> it's a really great workout, and it's yeah. super fun. But I have to have already had some like hours on the mat, right? Like on my feet in the world. <laughs> yes. You know, when she first started doing them, I was would have already been up for four hours by the time a 1030 class happened, right? So I'm like, yeah, I'm in it. This is like the midday. Now I'm like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting. Okay, well, welcome to today's chat. Only about our sleeping patterns and how, how we are personally affected by them. Who knew how much this conversation would revolve around sleep? Right? I mean, there is this way that, I mean, we both know, right? It's integration. Mm -hmm. And like yesterday, I like learned a ton of things and got a ton of things confirmed. And it was just like, okay, you probably need as much time to integrate that as you needed to like take it in. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I'm all for it. But there could also be some napping. <laughs> but there, there was a lot. <laughs> There was just a lot. Well, so, you know, one of the ahead. questions that has been coming up for me in the last day, especially as I was talking yesterday, um, one with a girlfriend and another with a client was that like, can you just give you, yourself what you need right now? You know, they were both experiencing frustration around kind of what was happening in their lives right now. And, and one was really tired and the other one was like, I'm just not getting anything done and I feel terrible about it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, can it just be okay that that's what's happening right now? And both of them were like, no, it can't be okay. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, you can have that too. But I think that, you know, that, that conversation about sleep is like, we just need what we need right now. And, and because we're in this new circumstance, nobody really, like none of us have a good um, barometer for what is necessary. Um, and, you know, for the number of lifetimes that we're living in literally one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot. I don't know. You, you don't really know me, person listening out there, but my recommendation is just to really give yourself what you're needing, like what you discover that you're needing. I learned several life transformations ago that like when you're in these deep transformations, right? Like sleep is the time that things get to integrate and kind of reformat themselves and reconnect. So it's definitely not something that I'm wanting to resist in this moment. <clears throat> it feels like a lot is shifting, right? Even just in terms of understanding Yeah. Hmm. There were a lot of ideas that came up yesterday and sort of my inquiry. So I'll tell you a little bit about just like the arc of my day. Yes. 
So I woke up and I did this great Joe Dispenza meditation that you shared with our group. Um, and it was, it's just so ecstatic, right? And it was a great word. Totally different than what had happened when I did it the day before. For those of you who are listening, it's about an hour long. And I described it into our group as like, it starts like meditation, the musical, it's just so intense. <laughs> and it ends up like the best sex ever. It's just like this kind of like rapturous experience. But of course, with that as my first hit out of the gate yesterday, I was like, turn on the rapturous sexual musical that I call med meditation. And it did not go like that, right? The first 40 minutes were kind of like flat and it was hard for me to get in. It was hard for me to focus. I was working with some stones. I jettisoned those. I was like, maybe you're the problem. Maybe you're why I can't get deeper into this meditation. Oh, but then at the end, it opened up and it had just a totally different quality and state, right? It was also equally open, but it was more this like sort of spacious grace, mm. not like the same kind of like turn on, but it also came with a lot of new information and insights. And, you know, I kind of <clears throat> rolled from that, not directly to the book that we're reading, to the Tosha Silver that we're reading in the group, The Outrageous Openness. And then when she sort of started talking again about Florence Goble Shen, I was like, I'm going to read that, right? The Game of Life and How to Play It. What doesn't sound appealing about that title? And so I downloaded that while I was on my walk with my dog and I was making dinner yesterday for the seniors that are hosting me and I love like listening to things like that while I'm cooking and they were out so I got to just kind of like you know put my little phone on blast and keep listening to my audiobook that was great made dinner and somehow I just passed by like my uh Gaia subscription and Barbara Marks Hubbard was sitting there with something like um I can't remember what the title was, but it was something like Crisis for Change or something like that. And I was like, well, that sounds deeply relevant. <laughs> Click. <laughs> Click. And it was just a great intro to like her theories of evolutionary consciousness. And it's like just been right on the spot of like some of what you and I have been talking about and what's been on my mind. And it just, she just has a lovely way about, about her. Right. And like a way of explaining like this evolution toward um, greater consciousness, greater freedom and greater states of order. Right. Um, more complex order. Right. Which is sort of like the, the biological imperative toward complexity. So lots of just really great new ideas. And then I ended up doing this uh, sound meditation with this musician from New Zealand that's in a group of like healers and musicians um, with a lot of people from New Zealand. And it just, yeah, that was great. But it was sort of like this like epiphanous learning train that I was just like, oh, everything, history of time, change of ideas, everything you need to know about evolution. And her big point is you are evolution. And I was like, oh, my evolution needs a nap. <laughs> <laughs> So that's where we were, but yeah, like that was kind of the arc of the day. And then inside that there were some really particular um, 
kind of points of notice. Um, but maybe I'll talk about them after you have a chance to say something about how your day went. Oh, how did my day go? Um, <laughs> you know, it, it was this mixture of kind of that internal focus. I did a lot of meditating yesterday in various states. Um, I did a bunch of writing practices to try to I think I mentioned yesterday that like I felt like kind of this film on top of me where like I, I felt good but I didn't feel great and mm -hmm. um and I knew it was because there was some sort of residue buildup and so I was doing the things to kind of work through that stuff um and I think I mentioned a couple of days ago right that I am in this like follow the heat for the alchemy right and um and so there were a few things that came out of all of that together that um that um super hot super high sensation internally for me um, and so new challenges have been presented um you know one of the things that i um got the intuitive hit to do yesterday was to be in this money game with my coach um that i'm working with in this mastermind program around um and uh, receiving money every single day and spending money every single day um, mm -hmm. in order to break a pattern that for me is pretty entrenched. Um, and so it comes with a lot of, it comes with just a lot of like, <gasps> okay, I can, I can, like, it's, it's intense. The feeling of, of actually committing to that is pretty intense, but I'm actually really excited about it too. Um, what else did I say? Um, randomly yesterday it really came into focus that for like probably the last five days my child has essentially when I'm not working in my workspace like with door closed and things my child basically is following me around the house like hugging and kissing me constantly and it's really really sweet <laughs> it's also really really annoying <laughs> I'll be like in the kitchen, you know, making dinner or like trying to put dishes in the dishwasher and he'll just like come up behind me, give me a hug and I'll be like, I need you to back up. And I'll be like, but I love you. And I'm like, but I still need you to back up. And so we're navigating his um, extreme need to express his love physically <laughs> and my need to like have a little bit of a bubble at some times of my day. Mm. Yeah, it's it, that's just one of those things that like as a non-mom, it's just hard for me to grok, right? Like it's just so particular for me when I'm willing to receive people in my personal space. But good on you, mom. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I, you know, like there's a way that I'm like, but it's love, right? Like I just I don't want to discourage my child from expressing how he feels and I want to be able to receive his love, but I'm also like, it sort of borders on assault at this point. <laughs> we're we're working on you know uh tempering that a little bit yeah. it sounds like you're really well poised for the consent conversation oh we have it maybe daily <laughs> <laughs> we're practicing a lot very good <laughs> excellent contribution mom thank you thank you very much so what were some of the things you found yourself observing yesterday uh so one of the things that stood out for me yesterday was um it came up in both a conversation with a client and in a conversation with a girlfriend um i was just noticing 
the and and actually some texts from from some, from some other friends where I'm just sort of noticing the heightened discontent mm. and how it's sort of manifesting in individuals and um, and it's so amusing to me because it, like the way that it's manifesting for each of these individuals that I heard from yesterday like it is very much their own flavor right mm-hmm. um, you know <laughs> for one friend it's about flirting with women for another friend. It's about like not being able to overwork in the way that she's accustomed to. Um, for another one, it's about like, um, not being able, like putting other people's needs before her own and not getting enough rest. Right. And so all of these are sort of exacerbated and, and, and it's, the thing that was curious for me was to kind of play that out. Like all of them are at a stage where they're like, eh, this is really uncomfortable. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. something needs to change and the basic sort of unwillingness to actually like let it change in the way that it was sort of guiding them to change and to change it more according to their own agenda was really like what was coming up or sort of emerging it's like okay like you you can do that <laughs> but it made me wonder um it made me wonder like if men- mental health wise, if people are going to come out of this better or worse, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. And it also made me wonder in what ways would we begin to collectively innovate to sort of solve for this discontent? Like, is it more band-aid type solutions or are we actually going to be able to get to the conversation of like, no, you got to go all the way to the core about why this behavior is your thing in the first place. Um, and, and so I find myself curious about that, right? Because I'm like, oh, well, I have a solution if you want the solution. <laughs> but it, there are also people that can hear that and people that can't hear that just yet. So. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. As I, as I hear you talking about that, it um, had me really look a little bit at my, the way that I took in Trump's three-part plan yesterday and like the responses to it and I think at the core of it my response is just hey we need more time in this incubator of whatever this is right so like the question that you're asking and not from a public health perspective or even like or, or an economic perspective but really from this perspective of like transformation and change like everybody's been kind of thrown into this incubator of looking at their lives as they really are, right? Without a lot of the distractions that we normally have access to. And this question that you're asking about, like, how do we come out of it, right? Like, do we, do we innovate or do we distract? Do we come out better or do we come out worse? I think some of that just has to do with how long we stay in. And so right now it's a fairly half-baked discontent mm-hmm. that hasn't really pushed people yet to do one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. Right. And his plan is just creating a lot of confusion out there, watching the different governors try to figure out like how to respond and like how to use criteria that are not at all clear in, you know, in a context where there's not a lot of testing available. It just seems like what I would diagnose as a hot mess. Um, I want to come back to the plan, but I want to, I want, I would love for you to share um, 
a little bit of insight, if you will, about what we know about discontent and how that, it serves. <laughs> that, that is a really interesting question. And I'm like, oh, what do I know about that? Um, well, I mean, it, it kind of bounces me immediately to this thing that I was watching yesterday, right? The, the Barbara Mark, Marks Hubbard documentary. Um, and she said a number of really interesting things, but one of them is that um, crisis always creates transformation, right? And like evolutionarily speaking, we have always seen like kind of the next great order after crisis, right? And sometimes that crisis is like the total obliteration of a thing. Sometimes that crisis is extinction. Um, and what what was another thing? There were just so many lovely gems in it. It was uh, oh, I'm trying to just zone in on on that one. It was like nature protects nature doesn't protect the species. Nature protects purpose. Mm. Right. And I was like, oh yeah, we're we're not the end, right? Like Homo sapiens sapien not not the end of this thing right so like just a, a great great point of consideration she also said um evolution is good but not kind right and so to look at this this moment where we're all kind of like what matters is how we survive this thing and maybe that's true and maybe our physical survival isn't actually the most important thing to protect here hmm. okay. mm -hmm. and so like to the to the question of what do we know about our discontent it's like as long as we're sitting in a place of contentment we're not looking for what's available we're not looking for what's possible <clears throat> so you, you kind of have to pass through that eye of discontent to make a different choice. What happens when you try to band-aid discontent? <laughs> I love this kind of prompting. I'm like, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, that would be um, what is technically called in the, the coaching parlance a shit show. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know. What do you have to say about the, the band-aiding of discontent? Oh, man. Well, when I think, so Kianga and I have known each other for years. We have essentially um, side by side had our own transformations that have been very parallel. And, um, and I'm reminded of the early days in which we, <laughs> you know, attempted to shortcut or sidestep some of those really big growth moments and, um, and how it just made everything worse. <laughs> and it yeah. wasn't until you and I really understood that, like, going all the way down in the hole, like, deep in the muck, like, and really being excruciatingly uncomfortable mm -hmm. that we could really get those real solutions to the real um to the real things that we were trying to solve for ourselves not just the like surface level like how do i pay my bills how do i find a boyfriend how do I, <laughs> you know some of those more perfunctory desires in life um and um 
and you know, now our, our, our lives are built such that like, there's no other way for us to do this, right? We, there is no pretending that there's not a deeper thing ever. Um, and so I think as I look at <clears throat> sort of what's happening out here right now, mm-hmm. you and I have a level of comfort with discomfort. And, yeah. and, you know, a, a sense that like the dark and miserable is actually a pretty um, magical place to be, right? And yeah. so a willingness to spend time there. And I think that like when I look out into the world, I generally see um, not that, right? <laughs> and, and, um, and so just sort of seeing the band-aids that, emerge um and being like oh yeah that's not gonna actually fix anything yeah you know that musician that led the sound healing yesterday I just checked out his page because I was like who are you dude what do you what do you do in the world um and he had a post about toxic positivity that I thought was really interesting um and and sort of toxic toxic positivity is that uh, kind of overriding of people's sort of deeper, darker experiences with the silver lining, right? Oh, it's got to be happening for a reason. Um, It's not as bad as you think. It'll all be better. Look on the bright side. There are other people that have it worse. Right, right. Yeah. (laughs) We're good with the litany, right? And that the way, the way that that's undercutting people's, um, ability to fully express what's actually really happening with them, right? And I think that there's a way that, that we hold both here, like the possibility that something comes, right? Like that there's an alchemy from the shit, really, right? But also not as a bypass, right? You don't get to look at the shit and say, oh, that's okay, we'll just walk around you or look at the sun gleaming off that pile of poop, <laughs> right? It's like you really have to get into the muck. You have to, to touch like the depth of the discontent or the anger or the rage or the sense of unworthiness or whatever that thing is that's coming up so that you can actually see what's possible in it. Mm-hmm. So it, it isn't the, the go around plan. I don't know. I think that there's just a lot that people are beginning to touch around like what's really required in, in experiential diversity, right? Like there's rapture that's possible in this moment, right? There are ecstatic states that are possible in this moment. And there's also the potential for rage and self-loathing and states of bitterness and states of feeling um, resentful that this is the thing that's happening. Like all of those things are part of the same moment, right? And as soon as you try to discount any of the directions of your experience, you undercut the thing. So like we got on here and we tried to temper the fact that we are just having like entirely ecstatic moments right in the interest of hmm, holding a line that we are collectively in a difficult moment right we would be cutting off the thing and if we weren't willing to share the places where we are handling our own muck right we would also be cutting off the thing 
So really just allowing for that experiential diversity. Mm, that's so good and really well said. Mm, thank you. <laughs> because, you know, there's a way that um, when one is suffering, we feel like in order to be compassionate, we need to either downplay our own experience or um, find a way to match our experience with that of the other, right? So, oh, mm -hmm. you're having a hard time. Let me tell you about like, okay, I'm not maybe having such a hard time, but let me tell you about the things that are bad. So it feels like we're in the same place. Like, and I described that the other day, right? It feels awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause it's just not true. And, and like you said, the, the permission for the widest range of experience, right. Is, is what gets us the closest to actually what is true for each of us individually and for all of us as a whole. Yeah, I think it's, there's something to be learned. There's so many things to be learned in this moment, but something to be learned for being, being where we are and not being corrective of where other people are. Mm -hmm. Right. Like my invitation to everyone is just really be wherever it is you are. Mm -hmm. Really touch it. What's that about? What do you feel like the Rona asked of you yesterday? Oh, um, I think I mentioned that I started this, I'm in this new money game, right? Um, mm -hmm. The Rona asked of me to really, um, to put my money where my mouth is in the, in the sense of, um, I am choosing, I do not believe that, um, that scarcity is a thing that comes from the three-dimensional circumstances, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so yesterday, I feel like I was asked to really demonstrate that with the way that I both spend my money and receive money. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that's going to be something I'm in for a little while. But, um, you know, having conversations with people about like... Um, so I come from a place of believing that like our, um, our real purpose on this planet is to fully express ourselves and to bring whatever that holds in terms of contribution, in terms of presence, in terms of um, receiving what we need to be supported in order to do that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so um, because of that belief, right the idea is, is that as a human, I need to be expansive, not contracted. And so anything that has me need to be smaller um, in order to fit in the circumstances of the moment is not actually aligned with what my soul is looking for. And so I hear a lot of people talking about um, uh, um, spending less, like curtailing the things that they're used to. And so for me, it was like, no, right. You actually have to do the opposite. You got to get bigger here. You got to spend more money. You have to like, you have to be willing to accept more money. Like all of the cycle has to be really, um, has to be really big and expansive. And so you got, you have to set up something to actually like hold yourself accountable to that. Yeah. Sounds like a good game, but mm -hmm. big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. All right. I will check in tomorrow about how it's going. All right. Sounds good. Awesome. Bye. Bye. We'll see you back here again tomorrow for the next installment of Diary of a Pandemic. If you want to connect with us about working together, 
joining us live on the podcast to share your own answers, participating in the free community as you document your own journey, or really anything else, drop us an email at becomingfreehumans at gmail.com or through the messaging function of whatever app you're on to listen. See you tomorrow.